0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my two guests today are Dale Faust and Mark Hyman, both co founders of uh, the M-Biome, the letter M-B-I-O-M-E, the M-Biome team. Uh, Dale is the CEO and Mark is the Chief Science Officer. How are you guys doing today? Great. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for coming. So, uh, you know, I always start out with with the basics. Tell
2: me about M-Biome. What's the premise of the company? What do you guys do? Okay. Uh, well, first, uh, the name of the company is Microbiome Therapeutics. Uh, so, Microbiome is, is one of the, the hot emerging areas in biotechnology in the last few years. And what microbiome does is is produces uh, products that are meant to help build a better biome. It it is like uh, probiotics, but it's taking that to a whole new uh, era. Um, And uh, we're uh, developing—we have developed a a product that is a microbiome modulator, which is a a drink mix to help build a better biome. And uh, we can tell you a little bit about the the backstory to it and how the, the company came together. Yeah, before we get into that, um, uh, I, I've spoken to a few
1: companies in this area. So a lot of them, you know, what they provide is actual strains of bacteria to modulate your gut. And then one company I spoke to, they they try to give you the products that some of the bacteria make, you know, certain proteins or other
2: chemicals, um, and they give that to you to modulate your gut. But what do you guys do specifically? What products do yeah, you so- provide? So there's really uh, three ways you can modulate the the microbiome. One is you can uh, uh, hope to add probiotics, which are the bacteria, but by and large, the bacteria you can get in probiotics are are not necessarily the ones you're missing, and and they're in a vastly small amount, and they wouldn't survive the transit or engraft themselves into the lower GI. The other one is is postbiotics, which is the stuff that the the, uh, bacteria would otherwise produce is not a bad idea. You need to enterically coat them to get to the lower GI. But we, we have adopted what we think is perhaps the, the most um, uh, appropriate strategy, which is to provide the nourishment, the, the uh, prebiotics to the, the bacteria that are naturally occurring in the lower GI uh, into the large intestines. It's, it's because of the lack of nutrients that, that, that they're suffering or that they're not doing their job. So that's, 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 we think, is, is perhaps the, the best approach. And we've done two clinical trials that have had uh, gr- great success in, in proving the benefit of doing that. So uh, why is it important to give the bacteria uh, things to eat, you know, prebiotics? Wouldn't you say they just get that in your gut? You know, and uh, so why, why provide that for them? Yeah, so I, the, the main thing that's happened over the last uh, 50 years isn't uh, uh, genetics hasn't changed. Uh, what's primarily changed is the diet. And uh, what the diet is is, is is highly processed, and it's, it's uh, high in simple uh, carbohydrates and sugar, and it's low in, in things like fermentable fibers and prebiotics. But uh, it might be good for, for Mark to pick this up as well because I think he's got a, a, a deep insight into it.
3: Sure. Um, the, our, our food supply has been, over the last 50 years, has, has had less diversity, and it's the nutrients in our food supply that drive the diversity of our microbiome. Uh, the greater the diversity seems to be associated with health, and when the richness of the different species in the microbiome is decreased, those always are almost always seem to be associated with disease states. And so uh, we were looking at uh, our our diet and our diet histories and how how our food supply has changed to say how, how can we add back some of that diversity so we get diversity of microbiome and we actually uh published a paper on uh diversity of your diet that you could uh read or you could at least get the reference from our website at wwwmbiome.com uh, and you'll see uh the reference to to that scientific peer-reviewed paper which by the way last year was uh, uh one of the top six papers uh, cited for that journal
1: yeah, I definitely want to read that, and I'm sure listeners will, too. Um, can you give any guidance? You know, I, you don't have to go into crazy detail, but what are some foods that have emerged in our diets, and what are they doing to our microbiomes? Are they killing certain strains, or are they just favoring other strains that take over that may not be beneficial? You know, so let's start with that, and then, then I want to ask you what foods are missing that people could take or eat, you know, that would help their microbiome move in the right direction.
3: I I think uh, I'd like to answer with the latter question. Uh, What is missing is some of the oligosaturides that are in our diet, which we commonly call fiber. Uh, The the USDA recommends that we have about 26 grams of fiber, but the average American uh, eat less than half of that. Uh, It is the fiber. It is those molecules that we collectively call fiber, that serve as uh, prebiotics for the microbiota. The micro- and the microbiota uh, are converting those into signaling molecules, and those signaling molecules are signaling our physiological systems uh, to do wonderful things, and, and so it's missing from, from our diet. That is one thing. Uh, polyphenols, antioxidants, are largely missing from our diet. Uh, and and so we need to add back some of those polyphenols. In the past, we have thought that these molecules are absorbed into the blood and have effects in the blood, but now it's becoming more apparent that they remain in our guts and are trafficked to the microbiome, where, uh, where they do uh, serve as prebiotics themselves uh, to stimulate certain microbiota for really important functions. Uh, those are some of the missing things, but there's also things in our diet that may be uh, detrimental to the microbiome. Uh, recently, egg yolk, uh, egg yolk in the past has been thought uh, to be detrimental because of cholesterol. Uh, but these days, because of what we've learned about the microbiome, the choline and lecithin in egg yolk uh, is really attributed to the microbiome uh, generating uh, a substance uh, that is abbreviated as T A M O and thought to to drive uh, atherosclerosis and and uh, cardiovascular disease. So it's not always good things in our diet. Sometimes it's things that are detrimental, especially different the processed foods. So that's what we do as a company. We we look to see what are some of the shifts of the microbiome that we observe associated with certain uh, unhealthy states, some disease states. Uh, what might be the cause of that? What is missing in the diet? It's easier to put back what something that is missing uh, from from our modern diets than it is to delete something. Uh, and that's the way we think about it. That's the way we design our, our product.
1: So if I was to be your customer, are you dealing with individual people? Are you dealing with organizations and... What happens when someone's your customer? Literally, what do
2: they do and what do they experience? All right, we're 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 going about it in in two ways. One is we'll we'll have an online presence and selling uh, through e-commerce and supported by social media. So that's a, a, a direct to consumer uh, uh, marketing approach. And then then we also have. Um, hey, sorry, I lost you there. You said we also have. Are you still on the line? You know, I'm sorry, yes. And, and we also have an approach okay. of getting to uh, registered dietitians and certified diabetic educators who uh, will be able to, to directly communicate with their their clients, uh, and that goes to gym owners and, and other, uh, other clinics. So we have those two approaches to get our product to the, the marketplace. So the, the product is actually a, a drink mix. Uh, it comes in a, a canister with 15 servings. And so people uh, just mix it up in water. Uh, they can add it to their smoothie. Uh, can add it with uh, ice and soda water if they want to, or add it to their, their yogurt. Um, but it's a complete mix. It's it's not something that you you need to add to something else. You can just uh, drink it as it is. It's very desirable. People uh, people that have used it and there's uh, hundreds that have done so now keep on asking for it because it's a desirable thing to to drink. There's there's no equivalent product on the marketplace today. So it's a it's like a powder packet
1: you rip open
2: and put in with mix in with
1: other stuff and. You probably have different flavors. I guess orange or raspberry or something like that.
2: Yeah. So we have a canister of 15 servings. And uh, so if you if you want to see how it sort of fits into a, a person's routine, it's a little bit like a protein powder. Uh, people are become accustomed to that. Um, except uh, in in our case, it's it's uh, got very little uh, protein at all. It's it's a prebiotic uh, blend uh, that's proprietary. Uh, it is uh, uh, The first flavor is a berry flavored that we're, we're launching in just a few weeks, and uh, it helps uh, people build a better biome. Uh, the, the clinical trials that we did actually demonstrated uh, uh, three benefits, and, and one of those is that it helps maintain a healthy blood glucose level from already healthy levels. Uh, two, it, it helps with GI health and regularity. And three, mm. uh, one of my favorites is, is that it helps um, manage hunger. And so how it fit into my life, I started uh, seeing that if I, I, I had a serving in the morning and then I had a, you know, before breakfast and then another serving before uh, lunch, that uh, later that day I'd be able to better control the portion size and, and sort of those binges went away. So when I was looking at a pint of ice cream at 8 o'clock in the, the evening, it no longer looked like a, a single serving size portion. <laughs> so uh, it actually, it, it worked. So we're we're pretty excited by by, by that as well. Is, does the mixture differ for different people, or is
1: it set so that it's optimized where it'll pretty much benefit anyone that drinks it?
3: Uh, I think on today's diets, uh, it, it pretty much will will benefit everyone. But I think there are special groups that will benefit the most uh, in our clinical trials. That you can also see the publications and peer-reviewed journals on our website. Uh, in those clinical trials, we try to recruit. Uh, pre-diabetics. These are usually people uh, that are overweight or obese and uh, have a propensity uh, to become a type 2 diabetic. Uh, So we tested it in those individuals, and when we did, we found the greatest benefit in those who were closest to becoming uh, a type 2 diabetic. Um, But we also uh, observed during our clinical trial, a decrease in satiety, which is which would make one feel full as they eat their meal and, and everyone that was tested. It was a significant difference, uh, which was great to find when when we had small numbers in our trial. Uh, we well, also you said saw... a
1: decrease in, in satiety? Does that mean they yeah, would eat de- and feel less full? Or...
3: Exactly. Uh, so satiety is a sensation that one uh, achieves when... One eats a meal and they start feeling full and mainly feeling satisfied with the meal uh uh before they complete that whole meal so if one oh. was testing satiety and we we tested it with a with a validated instrument uh people felt more full and satisfied with their meals much earlier than what they would without the uh without the uh product or n m five o four is what we called it. In a clinical trial, uh, so that was a finding. Another finding that we found was an increase in regularity. So, some we, although we didn't recruit subjects in our trial based on regularity, we did have some subjects that were recruited into the trial that maybe only had one bowel movement every three days, some one bowel movement every two days, and they became regular with one bowel movement every day. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, and that that. that that pretty much was a, a surprise. And those particular individuals, uh, when the trial was finished, was, was asking for more. Uh, if they could have some samples, where could they get it? Because, uh, because that really uh, provided some relief to them. And so uh, that was one of our trials. Uh, during during that period of testing, we had an opportunity with an individual that would, just became a type two diabetic. And, and uh, so his physician, prescribed uh, metformin, which is the first line of treatment for a newly diagnosed type 2 diabetic. But metformin sure. is a rather, rather old drug, but it's a good drug. Works very well, but in some people, maybe about 30%, it has bad GI side effects. And that was the case here. Uh, so what we did was uh, we knew the individual, we talked to his physician, uh, and we thought that based on the mechanism of action of metformin that we knew about then, and the mechanism action of what we called NM 504 or Jim and now uh, Biome Bliss that uh, this might mitigate some of those side effects and not interfere with the glucose control. In fact, may uh, may help the glucose control. Uh, we tested it in him. We gave it to him as a as a gift, and it was such a dramatic uh, difference for this individual that we published a uh, case report on on that study that you can also find on our website and we had to do a uh, a clinical trial we raised the funds even though it was difficult at this time to do a second clinical trial which uh, uh, which where we stacked the deck against us and just looked and just try to recruit individuals who had tried metformin and were intolerant to it and again, right. we found uh, in that trial it was very beneficial. But I must say that, that, uh, that none of these studies have been uh, evaluated by the FDA. So we're not, we're not trying to uh, market this for any disease or any combination with metformin at this point. Well,
1: that's what I was going to ask you. You, you said you've done clinical trials. Is this a medical food, or is it? Are you intending to get this uh, FDA approved? This, this drink mix, or what's, yeah, what so, status do you want it to have?
2: Yeah, so the the product will be launched as a supplement, and uh, as a supplement, uh, the claims that we'll be able to make have to do with the ability to uh, maintain GI health and regularity, to help maintain blood glucose from already uh, uh, healthy levels, and and third to help uh, con- uh, manage hunger. So those are the, the claim language palette, if you will, that we can work within uh, for this regulatory um, uh, route. Uh, with time, with uh, additional development funds and additional trials, we, we could expand to uh, other regulatory routes and and also to expanded uh, claims. But in the meantime, we think the product is, is fantastic the way it is, and it can help a lot of people. We actually expect to get more uh, inputs from uh consumers. Uh, people that are using it will give yeah. us feedback as to how, how it's working and, and how they fit it into their lives. And then from there, we, we actually may do formal clinical trials. Medical food is certainly a, an opportunity in the future, and, and there's nothing to keep us from, from eventually filing an IND and, and uh, undertaking a, a classical pharmaceutically-oriented clinical trials uh, for the product. It, it's the, the material itself uh, has the promise enough to, to make that at least a, a good aspiration for ourselves
1: yeah And this may be a strange question, but why do you think it works, or why do you you know experimentally, what's going on, what's making it work for people? Maybe I could take that
3: one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we, so so when we began, uh, our target audience was was pre-diabetics. Uh, the reason for that is is at the time that we did that, pre-diabetic was a was a brand new term. Uh, most, even most diabeticians didn't know what pre- pre-diabetic. Or pre-diabetes was. And, right. um, but what was known was that if you can intervene somehow uh, with the glucose regulation in the pre-diabetic, you might be able to to halt the progression to type 2 diabetes for at least five years. And so th- here represented an unmet need. Uh, and in addition to that, at the time, we could see a dysbiosis or a dysregulation of what microbiota existed in the Pre diabetic. And looking at that, we thought, how might we intervene? How might we discover a uh, GI microbiome modulator that would be beneficial to uh, somebody in a pre diabetic state and prevent them from progressing to type 2 diabetes? That was our goal. Uh, We looked at the literature, read a lot, thought a lot, uh, looked at what other people published in their data, but Thought how might that function in the microbiome because it was so new at the time, and came up with with a couple needs uh, that we thought might might modify in a blend. So we didn't think one agent could uh, one agent uh, from food, and and that was another thing we wanted to get into the clinic as fast as possible. So uh, we wanted to to only uh, work with with food, uh with with food ingredients that were already recognized as safe, generally recognized as safe. Uh right. that way we could just rush to the clinic with uh, approval from a investigative uh review board and uh and, and test our concept in the clinic. Uh we came up with uh, a need for three different food ingredients, one being inulin, uh a type of fiber, uh one being Beta-glucan, another type of fiber, but the purpose of that was to protect this mucosal barrier in the gut. And a third okay. was these polyphenols from uh, blueberry, and um, the reason for that was 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 to guide the microbiome uh, uh, as a uh, prebiotic to to uh, shift it into a direction that we uh, thought was advantageous.
1: When you say um, <clears throat> you want to shift the microbiome in a direction, what does that mean? Does that mean that uh, you'll do a profile of the bacteria in someone's gut and you'll see that profile change after they've had it, this this uh shake for you know or this this drink for a month and a half I mean and and if there is a change what does it look like
3: yeah no that no that's a great question um uh, in in one case we saw that that this population of individuals lacked uh short chain fatty acids that are produced by microbiota so the first ingredient inulin uh, would ameliorate that and increase the short-chain fatty acids. But at the same time, it produces hydrogen. And hydrogen is used by other microbiota, such as microbiota that, that create hydrogen sulfide in the gut and microbiota that create methane. Both those gases are undesirable. So how can one stimulate uh, short-chain fatty acids, but at the same time not cross-feed? That's what it's called in the, in the literature. Uh, by generating hydrogen, are we not only feeding some some, de- some some microorganisms that can use the hydrogen and create a problem? Uh, right. and, and, and so what one has to do is then think, well, how might you stimulate? There's a third group of microorganisms that use hydrogen. These are called acetogens. That would be desirable. So why not add another uh, isolated food ingredient without the sugar? Uh, and in our case, it comes from blueberries. It's a proprietary uh, uh, ingredient from from blueberries um, that would stimulate the acetogen. So they would use the hydrogen, now compete the sulfate-reducing bacteria and the uh, methane produces by u- using up all the hydrogen. So that's, that's what we that, mean by shift.
1: Mm-hmm. How long does it take to shift someone's microbiome in your guys' experience?
3: Well, we... Uh, Our trials were were four weeks for the uh, first trial with pre-diabetics, and then on the second trial uh, when we were using it in combination with metformin, it was two weeks with a two-week washout, and that taught us a lot because uh, the effect was not washed out after two weeks, meaning Mm. those subjects stopped taking the the, uh, NM504 for two weeks and still the effect, especially the effect on blood glucose levels, uh, were maintained even though they didn't take anything for two weeks so I think it is a durable effect uh I believe that it would it should be effective within three days and uh but we only started sampling after two weeks, so we don't know exactly how fast uh it will work we We have a hint because uh unlike unlike some substances. Uh, you may take uh, uh, a certain medication or a certain dietary supplement and not know whether it's working or not. With this one, you do because you have different sensations in your gut, and uh, and so most of our subjects that were in our trial and ourselves, as we as we try it, we can sense within the within the first couple of days that that a change is taking place.
1: That's interesting. What, what do you mean? Like, what anecdotally do you sense? Like, maybe, maybe I'm sure you guys have drank this, you know what uh, what do you sense what do you feel that's
2: different or where did people tell uh-huh. you they
3: feel it's different Dale's our champion <laughs>
2: so i have uh, used it lots of different ways and and uh, i'd say the way it fits into to my daily routine uh and and has a a, a really good um benefit is that i'll have one before breakfast and then another one before lunch and and uh dinner you know if maybe a, a couple of years ago if you would have put a whole chicken in front of me at dinner time i might have eaten the whole thing cuz i'd just starved myself during the day and you know how they, people, people say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day? And that's partially because it takes a while for the food to get to your lower GI, to your large intestines, and, and feed the, the bacteria there, and the bacteria that they have metabolites that they produce that then signal to your brain that you're, you're full. And so that's a much delayed response. And so that's why they say breakfast is the most important part of the day. But with, with any you know good meal, if you will, you get a reasonable number of calories. And so, um, and sometimes people switch over to protein powder as a as a way of achieving that. But you know, most Americans, you know, don't actually need extra protein. It's just it's just the case that we're overfeeding ourselves with protein. It's a bit of a, a myth that's sustained. Right. So what this does is allows you to take um, the a, a blend of prebiotics, including the polyphenols, the antioxidants, that would have been you know, a few hundred calories of food. They would have taken you a, a while to prepare and, and certainly a while to, to munch on and eat, and it allows you to mix it in a very convenient drink. And uh, so one of those in the morning takes me 15 seconds to prepare and anywhere from uh, 15 seconds to a couple minutes to drink, depending on how I want to drink it, and uh, I'm good to go. And the benefit of that, and then the, another one perhaps at lunchtime, Actually comes back, uh, and you can feel the difference. You just don't have those those pangs, and and uh, you know most people that are listening probably have had those themselves. You Where know, they they're just they know that they they open that refrigerator at eight o'clock and nothing good's going to happen. Um, you know that pint of Haagen looks like it's uh, uh, ready to go, and uh, that just doesn't happen as much. So that's how it fits into to to my lifestyle, and and you 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 have a, a feeling of of. Um, Satisfaction, as opposed to sort of the pangs of hunger, and that's a it's a nice thing to get rid of. What about um, customization? Is there any
1: plan in your roadmap to offer um, you know some kind of testing for people and then a customized? Powder blend for them, or is it, uh, does it work well enough that you know one size fits all?
2: Yeah, so so we will we will uh, certainly explore forms of interacting with with uh, our consumers. Um, the idea that people have a, a built-in difference that's some sort of intrinsic to them, so therefore they should have a tailored. Um, uh, microbiome modulator that might apply to uh, people who are much older, uh, their diet is much constricted, uh, or it may apply to people with certain indications if they have IBS. Um, there, there may be certain conditions where, where you might want to have a different one. But by and large, um, you know, if, if somebody's got a, a, a tweaked uh, or so called dysbiotic microbiome. Uh, it 's probably because they 've been eating poorly they 've been eating um, you know proteins without uh vegetables and and without fruit. And uh this is gonna work for a vast majority of folks that are, are are healthy but otherwise eating badly. And and sometimes it's 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 not so much the fact that they're eating bad uh ingredients in their food, it's just that they're not eating the good things. So this allows a very convenient way of supplementing uh the the, the needs of the, the microbiome in a way that should work for the vast majority of people without customization. But but Mark, I think you, you, you have some good ideas on that as well.
3: Yeah, I I think that the We all try to vary our diet from day to day, Uh, and so it would be difficult to take, for example, a stool sample and analyze the stool sample on day one when you ate a certain meal at a certain restaurant and say, oh, this is your microbiome, therefore you need X, and, and customize it for that. But I do think that that there are physiological states, and we don't understand it well enough yet, but there are physiological states where there are major differences to the microbiome. Uh, It starts when we're born. Uh, It might even start if we're born prematurely. Uh, How do you get that microbiome? How does it develop? And really, in the future from now, uh, the developmental biology of the gut will include uh, developmental biology of the microbiome so there's a certain physiological state with a certain diet that probably could be customized and i'm sure that uh uh companies that make uh infant formulas are all over this i know they are uh right now and then when the infant uh starts enjoying their first meal their first solid meal the first solid food from breast milk uh right. that that that's another time where where maybe there could be some custom customization uh, the hormones during puberty, our hormones affect our microbiome and our microbiome affects our hormones. Uh, this is another time where there might be some major uh, adjustments to the microbiome. Uh, as we age, uh, uh, women in particular, once they reach uh, menopause, is another time yeah. again. And uh, and then aging, what about disease states? Uh, I'm really interested in... Uh, uh, What I think is a reboot, what about when one gets uh, an infection, you get the flu, and it it leads to uh, pneumonia, and you have to take an oral antibiotic. What do you do after you have this oral antibiotic? How do you? That oral antibiotic is not, usually it's not 100% bioavailable, meaning 100% of it gets into your blood. What doesn't get into your blood goes to your lower gut, and it is an antibiotic, so it disrupts the microbiome. Uh, and so, uh, uh, what should you do? How should you uh, recapitulate what was there or is this an opportunity to alter it, uh, right. and, and, and change it, uh, to something that might, uh, uh, be more healthy? Those are all great. Yeah, a options. lot of, a lot of
1: factors and modulators makes sense. Okay. Where where are you guys at with this, uh, you know, this, this drink? Is it available commercially? Where can people find it? You know, how much is it better? What flavors?
2: Right, so uh, we'll be launching the product in, in just several weeks, and uh, it, the easiest way to get it would be uh, via our, our website. Uh, we'll also get, be getting it on, on Amazon as well. So our, 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 our website um, uh, for the, the product is biomebliss.com, and uh, you can uh, put your name in there now uh, to, to get a mailing when, when the product is launched. And the, the main okay. uh, company's name is Microbiome Therapeutics, uh, and its website is mbiome.com. Yeah, this question I probably should have asked in the beginning, but how did you guys get into this? What's your backgrounds and what led you to, to make this uh, this formulation? So, so my background is in starting biotechnology companies and, and running them for six or seven years until an IPO or a trade sale. And uh, so, so like most people, I'm interested in, in helping people's health and how to improve their quality of life. Um, and in, in the case of the microbiome therapeutics, three co-founders came together um, who just had the right background, actually. Uh, Mark... Uh, I met at a a networking reception in 2010 following a talk I gave at Tulane University of how to raise venture capital, and uh, Mark came up afterwards at a a networking thing and and introduced himself, and we started talking about the microbiome and his observations as as, uh, how it was uh, a new and -and up-and-coming field that that he had some great ideas for. And as things will happen, perhaps especially in New Orleans, uh, we got to talking over a couple of beers. And I think it was that first night um, the concept emerged that the microbiomes in the GI could be addressed as the target to improve health. Um, And uh, that was Mark's real breakthrough idea, I thought. You know, it's it's the gut bacteria could be the target, not to kill them, as in with antibiotics, but rather to help the good ones um, to help our health. And uh, I was real keen forward thinking. The other other co-founder is John Elstrott. Uh, who was a professor at Tulane's Business School and uh, the founder of their entrepreneurial institute there. He was also the chairman of Whole Foods and has been Hello. involved and is still involved with lots of uh, uh, health food companies uh, that went on to enormous success. And so John was interested in, in the scientific approach to nutritional-based health, and all three of us were interested in, in an evidence-based company uh, that wouldn't necessarily require $50 million to get you know, through the, the hurdles of the FDA and the clinical trials. So we sort of met in the middle with the idea of focusing on medical foods and supplements based on, on treating the microbiome. So that's sort of the story of how it, it, it came together. Well,
1: very good. So um, <clears throat> I guess last question, what's what's on your roadmap for 2018? You said in a few weeks, products are going to be available on Amazon through your website, which is great. You're going to be launching. What else is in the cards for you guys this year?
2: Yes, we're getting a, a network of uh, uh, certified diabetic educators and registered dieticians uh, up to speed on the product so they can help communicate the benefits of the product. So that's taking place. Uh, and then uh, towards the latter part of the year, we'll be preparing for a retail launch and getting into the right uh, channels to, to get into a, a series of uh, uh, retail stores uh, where the product would sit uh, comfortably and, and, and uh, fit in with the, uh, the sort of the, the mentality and the purchasing behaviors of folks that uh, visit those stores. Um, we'll we'll also be looking at launching additional flavors initially we 're just going with a a single flavor and and uh we see at least two or three additional flavors and eventually perhaps in two thousand and nineteen additional uh product formats beyond uh just the powdered uh drink mix to other formats based on the same basic ingredients
1: well very good so um <clears throat> any last ways for people to contact you that are interested in uh you know, getting your product or uh, speaking with you about possible ventures. Is the website the best? Where should they go? For email?
2: Uh, Biome Bliss B-I-O-M-E-B-L-I-S-S dot com and you can uh, drop your name there and and uh, we'll get back to you. If uh, there's specific interest, you can let us know uh, and we'll be getting a, a mailing to you when the product is launched in, in a few weeks. Well, great.
1: Dale, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the line. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Richard.
3: Yep. our pleasure. Thank you.
0: As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now, they don't wait till later.